Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. Well, good evening. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening? I appreciate the Lord, His goodness. I appreciate all the testimonies tonight. They've been encouraging us. I appreciate the message of hope that I have heard tonight. Is your, is your heart full of hope tonight? I hope so, and, and I pray that God will help us tonight. I appreciate this opportunity, and I trust that the Lord is going to come to us and help us. If you want to turn to Zechariah chapter 9, Zechariah chapter 9, while you're doing that, I want to tell you a little story. This story is about uh, this flight. It was a four-engine jet plane flight. It was several hours long, and uh, the, uh, the longer it got, seemed like there was some trouble going on, so the co-pilot came on, and he said, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. He said, we have lost power in our number two engine. He said, but that's not a big deal, except that we're just going to be a little bit late getting there. Just in another hour or so, he came back on the intercom, and he said, well, folks, uh, we've lost power in engine number four. He said, sorry for the delay. Again, it's just going to be a couple more hours to get to our destination. Just in a few minutes, he came on with that nervous voice, and he said, well, we have lost engine number one. He said, now, don't worry. This plane is built to run on just one engine. He said, but now we're projecting that it's probably going to be about a three-hour distance or delay in the flight. So he said, uh, sorry about the inconvenience and the the." Cabin kind of got a little nervous, and they started talking amongst themselves. And one passenger looked at another, and he said, "He said, if we lost that last engine, he said, we're going to be up here all day long." <laughs> Don't think he quite had the right perspective on the situation. I want to talk to you tonight, and with the Lord's help and encouragement, I want to change your perspective tonight, if that's all right. If the Lord will help us to give us the right perspective. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 11. As for thee also by the blood of thy covenant, thy covenant, have I sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. If you wouldn't mind, just one more time, would you raise your hands today, this afternoon? I took off work a little bit early, but I have, I've been having spells of dizziness this afternoon, so I really need the Lord's help. So if you wouldn't care, just raise your hand one more time and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Heavenly Father, we are so desperate for your help, Lord. God, would you please anoint my, my mouth, my mind, Lord, to bring forth your word tonight. God, would you restore hope into our lives, please, by your spirit, Lord. Give us a good altar service tonight, Lord. We are pushing for people to be in these altars experiencing something from you. Oh, God, bless us tonight. Hallelujah. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to take from that verse 12 there, ye prisoners of hope. And I'd like to preach to you tonight on a prisoner of hope. A prisoner of hope. One writer defined a prisoner of hope. As one who remains hopeful in spite of circumstances that seem hopeless. Hopeless. You see here in Zechariah chapter 9, the situation of the Jews is pretty hopeless. Some of the Jews were still in captivity at this time in Persia. 
Others had returned to an, as an impoverished people to a wasted Jerusalem, a Jerusalem that had been burned, a, a Jerusalem that was a city without walls. And so from the human point of view, they had survived a long exile and captivity only to come back to return to an even more hopeless and more helpless situation. They had longed and they had prayed for deliverance, and yet when that freedom came, it was just a return to a city that was supposedly a fortress, but there were no walls. They returned to a city that was burned to the ground, a city that was in ruins. And yet God here through the prophet Zechariah, he looks at the situation. God knows the situation of these returning captives. And God looks at the situation from a different perspective. And he calls them prisoners of hope. And he compels them to return to the stronghold. You mean that city that is burnt to the ground? That city that is no walls exist? Yet God says return to that stronghold. You are prisoners of of hope because it is under the covenant of promise that this land is yours and it is a, under a covenant of promise that I am your God and ye shall be my people. So as bad as the situation seemed, they thought themselves to be prisoners of circumstance. But God looks at the situation and God gives them something to hope for. God calls them prisoners of hope. So whether some of them were still in Persia waiting to return to this ruined, burnout streets or whether they were walking through those streets of Jerusalem that were burned and seeing no walls, there was yet hope in their heart, a hope that came from God. As one writer said, they were captives yet not without hope. Captives who have hope for a deliverance because they are still in covenant with Almighty God. You see, there was no city walls to protect them, but the God of heaven through the prophet Zechariah, he commands them, he reminds them, he stirs their hearts to go back to the stronghold because he is telling them, I am sufficient to take care of you. I know when you go back to that city, it'll be burnt. I know when you look around you, the walls will be down. But I am telling you, return to the stronghold because I am your covenant maker. I am your God. I will protect you and I will lead you and guide you. A prisoner of hope. A prisoner yet with hope. Experts tell us that here, in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, it is the only place in the Hebrew Bible, the only place where the word for hope has an article in front of it. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, this place right here that I read to you is the only one with an article to, in front of it. And what that means is it is not just some hope. It is not just any hope or a general hope. It is the hope, the hope of Israel, that special hope from Almighty God. And that's why some translators translate this verse here, prisoners who have the hope. Prisoners who have the hope. Not all is lost. There is still hope. I am here to remind you tonight that we are the children of God. We are the people of God. And we are in covenant with God. And sometimes we look around us and it looks like the walls are shattered. We look around us and it seems like there is no protection. The enemy is coming in on every side. But the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it. And that's why we can be full assured and confidence in faith and hope in Jesus Christ. So I'm here to remind you tonight these simple words. There is hope. There is hope. 
Now, if you look back to some background here in Zechariah chapter 9, I didn't read it for the sake of time because I do not want to be lengthy tonight. But if you go back to verse 9 there, Zechariah, you know these scriptures. Zechariah is prophesying about the coming of a Messiah who would one day ride into Jerusalem on a donkey as the daughters of Zion cry, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Zechariah is prophesying that in verse 9. So we know that that is fulfilled. That Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled in the New Testament. There in Matthew when Jesus comes in riding into Jerusalem, that triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so this is the first coming of Jesus Christ that Zechariah prophesies about. Way down in the future, 600 years later, 500 years later, a Messiah is coming. This is his first coming that he is prophesying about. And he prophesies about a lowly baby. He prophesies about a lowly king that comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as the daughters of Zion rejoice. And then he prophesies about this lowly servant who humbles himself in obedience to the cross, in obedience to, de- to death, even the death of the cross. But you see, the story does not end there. He does not just come as a lowly baby. He does not just come as a lowly king or even as a lowly servant because I'm here to tell you that that lowly servant, that lowly king, three days later he rose from the grave in victory over hell, over death, and over the grave. And there was a spiritual kingdom that was inaugurated at the birth of Jesus Christ, at the death of Jesus Christ, at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, my men would fight, but my kingdom is not of this world. And so Zechariah is promising these people, you just hold on. A Messiah is coming. You have hope. You have hope. And then the very next verse, interestingly, He prophesies about the lowly king coming on a donkey. And in the very next verse, Zechariah, he does not skip a beat at all. And he goes further down in time, even beyond our time, into Jesus' second coming. And there in verse 10, and he says that Jesus' dominion will be a physical kingdom. It will be a dominion that is from sea even to sea. And so we realize here that in verse 10, that will be fulfilled at Jesus' second coming. Do we have hope tonight? Do we have hope, Sister Debbie? I believe you mentioned it. We have hope in heaven. We have hope of an intimate return of Jesus Christ. And Zechariah is prophesying here about that. He does not skip one beat at all. And he's talking about that second coming of Jesus Christ that is going to be inaugurated with the rapture and the resurrection of the church. We have a glorious hope. We have hope here. We have hope because the Messiah did come. We have hope because the Messiah will come again. We have hope. And that's verse 9 and verse 10. I read verse 11 and verse 12 where it seems like he draws that whole history of Israel up to the time here of when the exiles return. And he goes through that and he talks about the blood of the covenant. And he draws the history of Israel together because you got to understand from the very beginning in Genesis all the way to the end of Malachi and Zechariah here, God is a God of covenant. He had covenant with Abraham. He had covenant with Isaac. He had covenant with Jacob. He had covenant with Moses. He had covenant with David. Just last Sunday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, I woke up with this message of hope on my heart. 
God woke me up with a message of hope to preach to you. I didn't know I was preaching tonight, but there was a message of hope that rose in my heart at 6 o'clock in the morning. And if you remember this Sunday morning, we were under the threat of half inches of ice. And I remember waking up and thinking, oh God, are we even going to get to go to your house this morning? God, is there hope? Is there any hope for us? And when I woke up and I was getting ready, Aranda came in there and she said, baby, go out, look at the front, look at the front. She showed me a picture because I was getting ready. She showed me a picture of a rainbow all the way over. A rainbow looking all the way over house and barn mountain. You understand that that is God's covenant reminder to us. Yes, there is hope. Yes, there is hope. I'm here to remind you this morning. There is hope. So through the unction of the Holy Ghost, Zechariah reminds them that they are to return out of their captivity because of God's blood covenant. And that blood covenant is linked to the Messiah. You see, the center and the essence of their hope was the Messiah. The Messiah, that Messiah that would come for the first time for spiritual redemption, but yet he would come the second time, Hebrews said, without sin unto salvation. He would appear that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ that we have been looking forward to. And so that hope the prisoners had carried, it goes from the Old Testament over into the New Testament. You see, because Jesus said when he was about to die, he said, this is the blood of my covenant, which I have shed for many for the remission of sin. That blood of the covenant, we see it from the Old Testament, but we see it carried over into the New Testament. Jesus Christ fulfilled that blood of the covenant when he said, I have come to forgive your sins. So we have hope. You see, a lot of times though, when we look around us, We see death. Sister Brenda just passed away. Your families are sick. My family is sick. And so sure, we are prisoners to death because we all must die. But yet... Because of his death and his resurrection, we have hope. Because the Messiah took the sting out of death. Oh yes, the grave still has power, but it has no victory. There is still ravaged by disease, but there is hope because of the stripes that we bore upon his back. There will be struggles with with sinful pride and ourselves, but we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. There is hope. There is hope that a covenant-making, promise-keeping, deliverance-keeping God is our friend. So I'm here to remind you, brother and sister, no matter what you see when you look around you, that is just circumstances. There is a God of hope. And when God looks at the circumstances around you, He calls you prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Peter talks about it. He calls it a lively hope. A living hope there in First Peter. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Notice here. Though now for a season. You're rejoicing for a season. But sometimes he said, though now for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He said sometimes you're going to rejoice. But sometimes there's going to be heaviness. You see Peter is saying here that... Even though you become a Christian, it does not mean that automatically your troubles are wiped away. 
There is sometimes going to be heaviness. There are going to be those bars of sickness that close in upon us. Sometimes troubles are going to overtake us. Sometimes we are going to be captive in these bodies living in a sin-laden world. And we're going to have to suffer consequences of that. But sometimes he said, hold on, hold on. In the middle of all of that, there is yet hope because the Messiah is on his way. And for us, we can look back and say, oh, yes, the Messiah has come. There is yet hope. We have a living hope. And Peter says it is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Paul, on the other hand, he says there in Romans chapter 8, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. He said, you're not done fighting yet. Oh, no. You are living here on this earth. You are captives in your bodies. You're going to have problems. He said, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if ye hope for that ye see not, then do we with patience wait for it. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is hope is precisely that because you are prisoners. You don't see the end. You don't know all the time what tomorrow holds. And he says that is precisely the definition of hope. I don't know what tomorrow is, but I have faith in my Messiah. And that is hope. That is hope. You see, sometimes our bodies will get weary. Sometimes our body will be worn out. Sometimes we will be diseased and ultimately we will have to die. But that is the exact essence of what Paul is talking about here. He said, if you can see it, it's not hope. It's when you can't see it, when you are going through this manifold temptations. He said, that's when it is hope. That's when hope arises in the heart of the believer. You see, it's really more than just being a half-full mentality. It's more than just that. It's more than just being a mere optimist, right? Some of us are pessimists. Some of us are optimists. But hope is more powerful than that. One writer put it this way. Hope is rooted in faith with feet mired in suffering. Hope is rooted in faith with feet mired in suffering. What I'm trying to do tonight by the grace of God is to help somebody grab a hold of hope. Help somebody whose heart is in agony to cry out, Hope thou in God. You see, that's what the psalmist did there in Psalm 42. When the psalmist was down and out, when he was cast down, when his tears came day and night, when he grabbed himself by the back of the collar, and he said, hang on, hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. He goes on to say, the billows, the waves are overflowing me. He said, my enemies, they reproach me when it seems like I can't find my God. He said, yet hold on. My soul is going to cry out, hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. You see, Hebrews declares that hope in Jesus is the anchor for our soul. Why do you need an anchor? Because there's stormy waves. There's stormy winds blowing. That's why you need an anchor. And Hebrews said, the name of Jesus, that hope that we have, it is an anchor for the soul. Corey Ten Boone put it this way. When a train goes through a tunnel 
and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. When you go through the dark of the tunnel, let hope arise in your heart. You're just a prisoner of hope from God's eyes. Corey Tin Boone knew what she was talking about. You know who Corey Tin Boone was? If you remember, her father just died a little bit after, maybe 10 days after being in prison. Her and her sister suffered terrible affliction. At one time, she spent three months in a five-by-two cell in solitary confinement. And she told later, she said it was horrifying conditions. It was, she said she felt so desperate, completely alone day after day, week after month, and week after week, week, month after month. And she said, I was so utterly, completely alone. She said, I remember saying, God, I can't be alone anymore. I can't take the aloneness. She said one day she was crying out to God. She said, God, I'm so alone. She said, in just a few minutes, she said, a little ant crawled out from a corner somewhere and wandered by her. And she said, guess what? The next day, that ant wandered by her again. And then that ant started hanging around. That ant would come out and be there. And she said, it seemed like that God was speaking to me. When a soldier would be stomping down, the, down coming to the door, she said, that ant would scurry. And go into a crack in the wall. He said, but when it was over, that ant would come out. And she said she felt God's message to her in that life of the ant. And here's what she said. As the ant has a hiding place in the wall, so am I your hiding place. See, you might be captive. You might be a prisoner. But God looks at it and says, but you're a prisoner of hope. Your hope is in me. I am your hiding place. Zacharias says under the unction of the Holy Ghost, the voice of Almighty God to these captives that return to a ruined Jerusalem. There are no walls. There was no security. There was no safety. And yet he says, return to the stronghold. What stronghold are you talking about, God? I don't see any stronghold. But yet God says, return to the stronghold. Ye prisoners of hope, I am your stronghold. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Sometimes we let our circumstances define the way we see God. And we become prisoners of perspective. Prisoners of circumstance. But if we let God define the way we see our circumstances, then we become prisoners of hope. Prisoners with hope. Corey tells the story about one evening when she was at Ravensbrook concentration camp. She had grown older. Her and Betsy had grown older, and a bunch of the younger prisoners were moved out at midnight. I think it was 250 of them, and they were moved out at midnight to replace some workers in a factory where the workforce had been dwindling. And so, of course, these prisoners, they knew that it was very dangerous for them to go work in a German prison or in a German factory, a munitions factory, because the Allied forces were bombing those factories. So they knew it was very, very dangerous for them to go. And Because Betsy and Corey, they were, they were too old to go. It was a bunch of the young people, 250 of them. She said she knew they were leaving, and so she slipped out after dark out of her barracks. She said she left that building, and she watched 
as those 250 young people marched by her. And she said she began to whisper to them, God's love stands after all else has fallen. Jesus is victor. And she said that line would pass her. And she would whisper down the next line from the edge of a building, God's love stands after all else has fallen. Jesus is victor. Line after line, after line after line, she whispered it down those lines. And she left. She went back into her bed and she snuck in and didn't get seen. Sometime later that night, those prisoners were all brought back to camp because there had been a bombing at the factory. There had been a bombing at the factory. And they said when the, when the building began to shake and the bombs started going off, those 250 young people, they got together and they huddled together and they began in the darkness of that night to recite what Corey Ten Boone had told them. God's love stands after all else has fallen. Jesus is victor. And they spoke it to themselves over and over and over throughout that night. And one writer said that Corey Ten Boone simply offered them a whisper of hope. A whisper of hope. In the end, 249 out of the 250 prisoners came back home safe because they had hope. Corey Ten Boone had whispered to them a word of hope. I am here tonight to give you a word of hope. A word of hope as Zechariah tells those captives who've come back. They are in poverty. There is nothing around them. There's ashes. And yet, he says, hold on. You might be captive to your situation, but you are captives. You are prisoners of hope. There is a hiding place. Even when you are seem like in a prison, when you're in a prison of depression, when you're in a prison of sickness, when you're in a prison of despair, I'm telling you tonight, as a child of God, under the authority of God's word, there is hope. There is hope. The psalmist said it. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength forever. I will trust in the Lord. He is my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, my buckler. That's what the psalmist said. You remember when Paul and Silas, they were beaten and they were thrown in an inner prison and it became about midnight. They began to pray and they began to sing songs because they had not lost their hope. The song we sing says their hands raised in praise. We sang it just the other night. Their feet in the stocks. The power of God made that jailhouse rock. But it was because they did not give up their hope. They did not give up their expectation that God was still going to move. You see, Apostle Paul later on knew something all about this. Standing in chains before King Agrippa. This is what Paul says in Acts. He said, now I stand and I'm judged. His feet are in shackles. His hands are in shackles. He's before the king that can kill him. He's before the king that can keep him in prison. And he says, I, now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, under which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. 
For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. For the hope of Israel, I am bound in these chains. He was literally a prisoner with hope. A prisoner of hope standing in shackles for the very hope that he was preaching to others. Paul declares there is still hope. There is still hope. His circumstances did not shatter his hope. His circumstances did not cause him to surrender his hope. It has been said that hope is an active act of faith refusing to surrender. That's what hope is. An active act of faith refusing to surrender. You know this story well probably. You've probably heard it especially as a younger child many times. But during the war of 1812, it was September 13th and 14th of 1814 there, Fort McHenry was bombed for 25 straight hours. That bomb bombardment known as the Battle of Baltimore had just come after the British had invaded into Washington, D.C. and they had burned the Capitol to the ground. They had burned the Treasury to the ground. They had burned the White House to the ground. The President's House had burned it to the ground. And yet there was this small fort there in Baltimore called Fort McHenry. It had men, it had women, and it had children. And there were some prisoners on a ship out in the harbor. And so a lawyer there in Baltimore, he was sent by the Americans to negotiate with an exchange for prisoners. And that boat was out about a thousand yards into the, the Baltimore harbor there. And Francis Scott Key, he negotiated for the release of those American prisoners. But because he was on that ship for like 14 or so days negotiating, he had overheard that there was a a whole fleet of ships coming. And they were going to bombard Fort McHenry. And so because the British had found out that he knew about it, even though he was free, and even though they had agreed to let the prisoners free, they held him. They said, no, we're not going to let you go right now. Oh, yeah, you're free, but we are not going to let you go. And so it is the, the story by David Gibbs. He tells it this way, that Francis Scott Key, he went below deck there, and he told those prisoners, he said, I have good news for you tonight. You are free. He said, I have negotiated, and we, we have freedom, but the admiral will not let us go because of the plans for them to wipe out Fort McHenry, which is right over there. And so Key later writes these words. He said, It seemed as though Mother Earth had opened and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. If the Americans would just lower the flag on the rampart as a symbol of surrender, the shelling would stop and Britain would be the victors. And so the story goes that the prisoners down below in that ship They would holler up to Francis Scott Key and they would ask him, is the flag still flying? Is the flag still there? Will you tell us, is the flag still there? See, he was reporting to the prisoners below because he was hoping with every time a bomb burst, he was hoping that flag was still there. The bombs meant to destroy that flag, yet that 
that bomb served as a ray of hope because when that bomb would burst near the flag, he could see through the red glare that the flag was still there. There was still hope for America. And that British admiral said, I can't understand why this ragtag fortress of just men and women and children, why won't they surrender the flag? And I'm here to tell you tonight, the reason they wouldn't surrender the flag is there was yet hope. There was hope. That admiral said, we aimed all of our guns at that flag. He said, we hit it directly time and time again. And yet, with every bomb bursting in air, Francis Key would see that flag and he would holler down, there is yet hope. The flag still waves. And the next morning, a hush fell over that harbor. He said, there was so much... Smoke still lingering from 25 hours of shelling. He said, finally a slow breeze started blowing across the harbor. And he said, Francis Scott Key, he pulled out a piece of paper that was in his pocket. And he began to write these now famous words. Oh, can you see by the dawn's early light... What so proudly we hailed at twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the rampart we watched were so gallantly streaming? And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof to the night that the flag was still there. You see, hope is an active faith refusing to surrender. No matter what the circumstances are, you get God's perspective and you have to say, even through the night when the bomb is bursting in air I have to say I am a prisoner of hope my hope is in God my hope is in Jesus Christ I am a prisoner of hope will you come Sister Dana, Sister Randa whoever you will you see Lanny Wolf wrote that song, Beyond the Sounds of Battle. There is victory for me. Beyond the Sounds of Battle. Somewhere there's a place that I cannot clearly see. Somewhere beyond the storm, there is a rainbow for me. Somewhere beyond the clouds, the sun must surely shine. And beyond the sounds of battle, there is victory. Hold on. You might be a prisoner of hope, but hold on. Victory is ahead. In Colossians. Paul talks about two types of hope. He talks about the hope of the gospel, and that is Jesus Christ. Our Messiah did come. Zechariah's prophecy was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. We have hope. But then he talks about the hope laid up for us in heaven. And he said, sorrow not as others which have no hope. He said, don't you be sorrowing. It may look bad around. It looks like all hope is lost. But for the believer, do not sorrow. Our Savior died, but He arose again. And He's coming back the second time. And Paul clearly says there, that lively hope. He said that lively hope inside you. He says it is a living hope, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. That fate is not away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for me. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, we have hope. You have hope. So God is calling his people, rejoice in the fact your king has come. And rejoice in the fact that your king is yet to come. You can rejoice. Help.
help is on the way. The eastern sky will split and Jesus Christ will come after his church. We have a blessed hope. There is hope. I have hope. There's a land that's better. I have hope where the soul lives on. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walk about faith. I'm going to reach my goal over the hills to see the lights of home. The race is a run. Oh, no, and the battle's not won. But I have hope. I have hope. Woo! Do you have hope tonight? Then stand in assurance of faith. I have hope. I know it looks like the walls are down. I know I see burnout ruin all around me. I know I'm in this prison of disease. I know I'm in this battle of depression. I know the battle's raging around me. But hang on. I'm not just a prisoner. I'm a prisoner with hope. A prisoner of hope. Not in myself. Not even in you. But in Jesus Christ. The Messiah. That Zachariah said would come. And he did. And he said he's going to come again. And he will. That's my hope. That's my hope. So my hope tonight is that I have stirred in you something, that flicker of hope that said, yeah, it might look bad. Paul's in prison. Silas is in prison. It's midnight. But yet I've got hope. Paul says, I'm standing before the king. He can kill me if he wants to. But I'm standing here because of hope. Because of hope. And my God, come this night, come tonight. If you need some hope, come on. If you need a rising of hope in your heart, if you need to rejoice in that hope, come tonight. Yes, there is hope. There is hope. Hallelujah, Clay. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Walking in the gospel light that shines, happy as a go one step at a time. Clinging to a prayer and holding to hands I can't see. Listen for the master's voice to say, Come a little higher to the land of day. Standing on his promises gives me confidence. I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal. Over the hills, see the lights of home. My race isn't run and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal. Over the hills, see the lights of home. My race isn't run and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Heard about heaven and I want to go. There's nothing to keep me down here below. My eyes are fixed on mansions bright and glory land. If you want to make it to the pearly gate, just turn to the right, keep going straight. Meet it again when the journey ends. I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. Of home. My race isn't run and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. 
Over the hills, see the lights of home. The race isn't right, and my crown isn't worn that I have home. Walking in the gospel light that shines, happy as a go one step at a time. Clinging to a prayer and holding to hands I can't see. Listen for the master's voice to say, Come a little higher to the land of day. Standing on his promises gives me confidence. I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal. Over the hills, see the lights of home. My race isn't right and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Well, I have hope, I have hope, I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal, over the hills, see the lights of home. The race isn't right and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Heard about heaven and I want to go, nothing to keep me down here below. Eyes are fixed on mansions bright in glory land. If you want to make it to the pearly gate, just turn to the right, keep going straight. I'll meet you again when the journey ends. Oh, I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in the land. Walking by faith. Reach my goal over the hills, see the lights of home. My crown is a one, but I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal over the hills, see the lights of home. My race isn't right and my crown isn't won, but I have hope. Walking in the gospel light that shines, happy as a go one step at a time. Clinging to a prayer and holding to hands I can't see. Listen for the master's voice to say, come a little higher to the land of day. Standing on his promises gives me confidence I have hope. Well, I have hope. I have hope, I have hope that the sun shines brighter in that land. Walking by faith, I'll reach my goal. Over the hills, see the lights of home. Heard about heaven and I want to go, nothing to keep me down here below. Eyes are fixed on mansions bright in glory 